Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. I pray, Lord, that our hearts would be open, Lord, and that we would be fed spiritually. In Jesus' name, amen. Go with me, uh, if you don't mind, to Daniel chapter 1. I want to read in the book of Daniel for a few moments this morning. I had this kind of nudge or urge to, to go through the book of Daniel, to read it. It wasn't... Uh, it wasn't the only, <clears throat> it wasn't what I was studying, but I kind of felt to go there. I believe it was the Lord. Daniel chapter 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. And he brought the articles into the treasure house of God. Then the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men, in whom there was no blemish, good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, and quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank, and three years of training for them, so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. Now, from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. We know them, uh, the last three, as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those were the names that the king gave them. To them, the chief of the eunuchs gave names. Well, here they are. He gave Daniel the name Belshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. And this is where I'll stop here. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. So if I were to give this teaching a, a, a title, it would be, How Big Is Your Butt? Don't mean to offend anyone today in church. And, and, and obviously I'm not talking about your backside, but I'm talking about the conjunction in verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies. And, and just to give a little bit of background here, in Isaiah chapter 39, this was actually prophesied. Uh, here what happened to Daniel and the royal house 
Hear the word of the Lord of hosts. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house, your fathers have, and what your fathers have accumulated until this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. And they shall take away some of your sons whom descend from you, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. This was something that was prophesied. It was a part of the judgment of God upon the house of God because of the disobedience of the children of Israel. Daniel at this time was a teenager. He was in school age. I kind of thought that this, for me, I'm a, I'm a teacher, would be kind of a back-to-school message uh, because Daniel was sent to school uh, for three years. They said, listen, you have to learn the language of the Chaldeans. You have to learn the language of the Chaldeans. You have to learn. And Babylon at this time was a, was a place of, of great innovation in science, uh, in astrology, in magic. Um, and, and they said, listen, you're going to learn all this. And, and by the way, you, we're going to change your name. So you can no longer be called the name Daniel, but we're going to call you Belshazzar. And, and by the way, all of their names, including Daniel, uh, were what you call theophoric names. In other words, their name relates to God. Daniel literally means uh, judgment of God or God is judge. Um, and, and if you look at the end of his name there, El, um, Dan, Daniel, that, that has a part of El Shaddai. Are you with me? Okay. Well, his new name, uh, Belshazzar, was uh, a reference to one of the Babylonian gods. Uh, there were two of them that we know of, Bel and Nebo, uh, Abednebo, Abednego. Are you with me? So basically, um, he said, you, we want you to forget about your God. We want you to go to school, and we don't want any of your God here. We don't want any of your religion here. We want you to learn the ways of the Chaldeans, the ways of the world. And we're so interested in you forgetting that we're going to change your name. And I won't remind you, and I'll just close the book there, that Daniel was in the court of the king of the eunuchs. I would, I would argue that Daniel experienced quite a bit of trauma in his life. Would you agree with me? When pagan kings came in to besiege a city, it wasn't very pretty. They would encircle the city and they would starve them out first. And horrible things be, would begin to happen within the city before they even marched in. People would be uh, eating anything they can get their hands on, sometimes people included. And then when they finally came in, they uh, murdered first the, all of the royal house. They would keep a few, which Daniel was a part of, but he most likely saw his dearest cousins and relatives, uncles, uh, family members murdered right before his eyes. Um, and then they, they would take the eyes of the king out. They would let the king live, but they would drag him back. So things were pretty difficult for this teenager. Would you agree with me? And then they said, listen, we're going to let you live, but you're going to have to serve in this place, in a worldly place, in a place where there is no God. You're not going to get to, uh, you know, sing songs on your, on, and play songs from your iPod, uh, iPhone you know, while you do your clerical work. We're not going to put you in a little office and, and let you do that. No, we are going to forcefully feed you secular Chaldean life. And what I love about this is Daniel had a big old butt right at the end of that list. The Bible says, Daniel said immediately, I'm not going to defile myself with the king's delicacies. 
I'm not going there. And notice this is in Daniel chapter 1. He made a decision early on. I'm sure he said to himself, gee, this bacon and this shrimp and, uh, you know, this wine and uh, that, oh, I love duck. Oh, gosh, that looks good, you know. All of the things that the, that the law said were unlawful to eat. Are you with me? Uh, now, relax. First Timothy 4, God cleansed all food and we can eat all that good stuff. Uh, and I love shrimp, especially around the holidays. But are, are you with me? So, but what does this represent? This represents the word of God. This was the word of God to Daniel at this time. Jewish Men and women, there were certain laws governing their diet. And certain foods were clean and certain foods were unclean. So this isn't about, for us today, what sort of foods we eat. This is about what we're consuming. And Daniel said, listen, I'm going to request that you allow me to consume water and vegetables. I want, to, I want, you, I want you to see that God's ways work. And I'm going to humbly request that you allow me to consume things that are good for my spirit. You know, we live in a day and age where people consume a lot of content. Can you say amen? I mean, we, are, we just consume media, whether it's through the phone or through the screen or through a, a radio. We are constantly consuming media and content. And today, bacon isn't off limits. And shrimp isn't off limits, but there are certain things on Netflix that we shouldn't be consuming. There are certain things on YouTube that our eyes should not be consuming. There are certain environments that we shouldn't find ourselves in and that we shouldn't be consuming. Why? Because God said in Isaiah 55, eat what is good. Consume what is good. God says, I want to feed you what's good. And I want you to learn to live on what is good. I want you continually consuming my word. I want you continually consuming my spirit, my presence. Do you ever, know, you ever notice that when, when, when the little girl that Jesus raised up from the dead, I think it happened twice, it was a young man and there was a little girl. When he raised them from the dead, the first thing he said was, give him something to eat. Why? Why? Because when life was restored, Jesus knew that food was needed to sustain that life. And when we receive Christ into our spirits and our spirits are born again, we need spiritual food to live. In fact, if you feel hungry today, that's a sure sign that you're alive. You say, oh gosh, I just haven't felt God lately. I've been so busy. I'm such a bad Christian. I haven't read my Bible in a few days. You're in good shape. That's a good sign. Why? Because you're hungry. The, the spirit down in the core of your being is saying, feed me. I'm hungry. Spiritual food. Spiritual food. And we have to eat what is good. And we have to shun what is bad. Amen? So, the, the flesh, now, now listen, we are spirit, soul, and body, right? Right? The Bible says there was none uh, that had a spirit like Daniel. You see, in the ancient world, they understood that we're not just flesh and bones. They were studying astrology and magic, and they understood the reality of the spirit world, not only beyond, but within. And they noticed that Daniel had a different spirit, and the flesh has an appetite, listen, and the spirit has an appetite. You ever notice your flesh has an appetite? Mine does. Oh, man, I just want to. Are you with me? 
But God says, listen, I want you to feed your spiritual appetite first. Give it priority. Don't feed your flesh. Feed your spirit. Let that spirit get strong and healthy. And then you will be able to live in Babylon. You will be able to go to that school. You will be able to go to that job. You'll be able to go to that environment and say, but God, hallelujah, I'm going to serve him. I'm going to love him. I still believe that God has a purpose for my life in all this mess. They're trying to teach, you know, the, the science teacher is telling me I came from monkeys. But no, I still am going to believe in the truth of God. He's a faithful father and creator. I'm still going to believe. I'm still going to believe. They're trying to tell me there's 42 genders. No, I believe God created me. Male, female, I believe. And I want to be very careful here. I don't mean to offend anybody. We are, God wants us to love and honor all people. And we're to love and honor people. But we don't have to honor the things that the world honors. And we don't have to celebrate the things the world celebrates. And we don't have to believe the things the world celebrates. God bless you. But I believe in God. I believe. I'm a believer. And Daniel said, I'm going to feed my faith. Because I've got to survive around here. And God, listen, God has destined not only that we survive, but that we thrive. How many know that Daniel rose to the top? He rose. Why? Because the favor of God was upon him. He wasn't rude. He wasn't mean. He wasn't in people's faces. But he served God. And God's favor upon his life brought him right to the top. And that's what God wants for us. God's favor is upon you. He's called you to thrive in that environment. He's called you, yes, you have to learn in that environment. You have to survive. God says, I'm not going to have you just survive. You're going to thrive. So he said no to the king's delicacies. And this could be kind of a picture of what the world honors. This is what was on the king's table. This is what Hollywood says is good. This is what everybody wants. These are things that, that they say you should like. Hashtag. You should like these things. These are the things that we like. Daniel said, no, I don't like the things that you like. I don't like all the things that you like. I like some of the things you like, but I don't like all the things that you like. Amen? And he said, listen, I know Hollywood is celebrating it right now, but I'm not going to celebrate it. I'm asking you if I can eat water and vegetables. And I want to show you that the ways of God work. I want to show you that God's ways work. That when you serve him and you love him and you obey him, his ways work and it shows. It shows spiritually, it shows naturally. The Bible says godliness is profitable for all things. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, listen, bodily exercise profits a little bit. It does. I need to work out more. I don't know about you. I have a treadmill in the basement, but I haven't been there in a while. So physical exercise does profit because we have to master these. We have to master this flesh. And the treadmill's a great way to do it. Amen? <laughs> Put you some praise music on. But listen, godliness is profitable for all things. It affects everything in your life. And Paul said, not only for this life, but the life which is to come. Amen. So he had a big old butt, and he decided early. 
And, and I've, I've learned that this is the, the, the fight. The fight is how you start. How are you going to start? I was thinking, um, I've been around a lot of sports lately. My kids are playing sports, and, and I like sports metaphors. It helps me. I hope it does you. You know, my son is a quarterback, and, and, he, and when he's in the pocket, they, they, you know, he's trying to throw the ball, and, and here they come. And he's got to try to stand in there and find somebody or move around. Say, here they come. come. Trouble is coming. I don't mean to prophesy that over you, but the Bible tells us. In this world you will have trouble. But Jesus said, be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. And I want to make you an overcomer too. So trouble's coming. But what are we going to do when it comes? That's the moment that I've got to get better at. I don't know about you. God wants to give us starting faith quickly. I'd imagine that when, that when that came to Daniel, listen, Daniel, you made it this far. You're going to serve on the courts. So I think I can handle that. I think I got a notebook. I got paper. I'm, all right, I'll go to class. But you got to eat here. But, quickly, quickly, but, but, no, no, I, I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Very quickly, God wants to give us a pivot. A pivot and say, I see this is going on. I see this trouble's coming, but I'm going to hang in there. I'm going to, serve, I'm going to look to God. And we can start small. Jesus said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, when that big old problem's in front of you, when those big old D linemen, you know, 250 plus are coming barreling at you, okay, to get you, the Bible says you only need the faith of a mustard seed Start small and watch. It's going to be removed before your face. I, ha- I was reminded I have an iron in my, in my bedroom, and I went to iron. And, and when I first got that thing, I couldn't work it. Uh, it was on, and, and you know, I turned it on, and I'm messing with the buttons, and it, it's not hot. Kept putting my hand on there. It's not hot. In fact, at one point, I laid my hand right on that thing, and I said, I dare you to burn me. You're supposed to work. But what I didn't learn was that this iron is activated by movement. You have to tip it over and then start to, and then the power comes. And you see, that's how it is with us. It's that starting faith. God says, listen, if you make a commitment, provision's coming. If you make that first decision, no, I'm going to choose God in this moment. I'm going to turn my mind. I'm going to turn my body. I'm going to turn whatever away from what the devil's doing, away from the temptation, away from the trouble. Yes, it's there. I'm going to have to deal with it. I'm not saying you're not going to have to, but I'm going to quickly turn my heart to God in faith as a mustard seed, and then the miracle is on its way. You've got to start moving. I've got to start moving immediately. Quick, we've got to fight that passivity. I'd imagine if Daniel waited around and said, well, you know, Hananiah, that, it looks good. I mean, I mean I'm not going to do it, but I mean, it really looks good, you know. I mean, they didn't burn the bacon, you know. <laughs> it's thick-cut bacon, you know. It's not box wine. I mean, you know, it came out of the vineyard, you know. But I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I, probably not. Probably not. You're probably going to be sitting there, maybe not today, but tomorrow when you browse through. No, starting faith. Quickly pivot. Turn to the Lord in faith. This is the fight. Daniel chose. The Bible says in the New King James Version that he purposed in his heart that he wouldn't defile himself. 
Other translations say he determined in his heart that he wouldn't defile himself. One tra- uh, the NIV says that he resolved in his heart that he's not going to defile himself. This is the moment of decision. Decision. And uh, uh, God told the children of Israel through Moses, listen, I'm going to set it before you today. Life or death, I want you to choose life. Choose it and choose it quickly and start moving in that direction. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 3, 15, to sanctify the Lord in our hearts and to always be ready to give a testimony to those that are curious about the hope that is within us. One translation says that we need to revere the Lord in our hearts, that we need to worship the Lord in our hearts. So this happens pregame. You know, the Bible says Daniel prayed three times a day. And and if I have an opportunity to to preach again soon, I want to keep going with Daniel. He's awesome. Amen? He found every day he would pray three times. You know, I think sometimes if we can just for 10 seconds, 15 seconds, pray, acknowledge God. You might be busy, but say, Lord, I'm acknowledging you. I need your help. In Jesus' name, Lord, help me. I believe in you. Before we start moving, I think we will find ourselves serving God. I think we will find God's help along the way, even if we haven't had a a 40-minute prayer time. Say amen. amen. Let's start. Let's start. But revere the Lord in your heart. Sanctify him. This is something that Daniel did internally. He made a choice internally. It was there beforehand. And every day he would worship God. He would acknowledge God. He'd say, God, I can see everything going on around me. It doesn't look good. But you do, God. And I'm going to continue to praise you. And I'm going to continue to worship you. And I'm going to continue to find time in my busy schedule to bow down and to call upon you, Lord. Jesus said, come to me, all of you that are weary and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. You know, that's not a one-time promise. I found myself doing that yesterday. I said, Lord, I don't have it. I don't have my, I got nothing. I've got to come. Come to the waters, God says. Jesus said, come to me. I want you to keep coming. Keep coming to me. When you're weary and you're heavy laden and there's a great promise there, he says, I will give you rest. And I'm not talking about Tylenol PM. Rest. Rest. You know, God wants us well rested. God wants us in a restful state of peace, even in the midst of the storm. You know, when Jesus came to the disciples in the middle of their storm, he was walking on the water. He was on top of it. He, Jesus, listen, he says, come to me. Listen, the storm you're going through, I walk on storms. I know how to deal with them. Come to me. I have authority over the thing you're going through. I have authority over Nebuchadnezzar. I've got authority over Babylon. And in the middle of it, I will give you a purpose. When you purpose in your heart to follow me, I will reveal your ultimate purpose in life. Purpose? God, have you looked around? Do you watch Fox News? God, are you watching CNN? Are you watching? 
God said, no, 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 no. Listen, my purposes will be worked out in this earth, in this time, and in your life. I'm just asking you to get a big old butt and say, but God, I'm not going to look there. I'm looking to you and I'm going to follow you. I'm going to sanctify you in my heart. I don't care what I see. I'm going to consecrate you, Lord. I'm going to just steal away for a few minutes and say, oh, God, I praise you. Jesus said, come to me. Come. And there's a great, it's a promise. Jesus said, if you come, I have something for you. Rest. Learn from me. Take my yoke upon you. Take it. Take my yoke. Listen, this is an agricultural metaphor. Cows, cattle, oxen, bulls. You had to get a yoke on them and put them to another thing. The yoke is the metal thing that goes over the top. Are you with me? So that the two can walk in one direction. But if that cow's bull is fussing and a fighting, okay, and he's pushing and a swagging and shoving, if he's all mad and I can't believe you let this happen to me, God, that yoke's not coming. But when we come into his presence and we bow down and we humble ourselves and we worship God, he says, no, yeah, no you're good, you're good now. Okay, here it comes, yeah. I'll put it down upon you. And then we can walk together and you can learn from me. This is a picture of the Holy Spirit. He's our guide. He's teaching us. He's guiding us into all the truth. Why? Because we don't have it all. And we need him. Daniel needed God in this situation. And we need God in this situation that we're living in. So the times are so bad. The times were bad back then. I'd imagine her the great depression. Oh, the times. Have you seen the times? The devil's having his way. Times are going to be bad. But we're linked up with Jesus. And he's called us to overcome. And he's called us to thrive. And he's called us to survive. And he's called us to release the knowledge of his kingdom into this kingdom right in the middle of all of it. And I'll, I'll close with this. The Bible says at the end of chapter 1, Tomorrow is coming. Let me just say that. Tomorrow is coming. See, I have failed at this. I have failed at this. I, in that moment of temptation, when things are going wrong, I react in the flesh. You're going to get another chance. You're going to get another chance. Because Goliath's going to be standing outside tomorrow too, daring you to resist fear. He's coming tomorrow. Temptation's coming tomorrow too, daring you. We're going to get another chance. Isn't God good, though? God says, this, this isn't a one-time test. I do retests. Hallelujah. You know, my students like that. They like it when I do, you do the test again. But I knock a few points off, you know. Retests. God says, I'll give you the test again so that you can get it right. And we're going to have to learn to choose God and to have a big old butt for the devil. Amen? Daniel, at the end of chapter 1, the Bible said, continued until the year of King Cyrus. King Cyrus was the king that let the captives free. He was the one that said, open up those, you can go back and rebuild, I'm going to let you guys go. This represents deliverance. Listen, we will continue and we will make it to deliverance. We will make it until the year of King Cyrus when we decide in our hearts, I will not defile myself, but I will serve the living God. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. 
Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's Word and that you be filled with His love and strength as you daily serve Him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.